Amen, amen, amen. We want to welcome you to our midweek Bible study right here at Liberty Christian Church International, where our motto, as always, is where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. As we prepare our hearts and minds for to study the Word of God, do me a favor for those that are on Facebook, those that are on Twitter, those that are on uh, anyone, any form of our viewing platforms, whether it's Apple TV, Roku TV, um, Amazon Fire Stick, do me a favor, invite somebody in with you on this evening. We're going to get into some word on this evening. Share this. Um, it's been an awesome day. It's been an awesome week. And I know that for some of you all that this week has been uh, a, a breath of fresh air. Amen. A breath of fresh air just to um, just to enjoy the things of God, being a child of God in this season of your life. So um, I want to open us up with a word of prayer. Make sure you got your Bibles. Make sure you got pens, pads, cell phones, iPads, laptops, whatever you want to call it, surfaces, whatever device you have to take notes. Make sure you got notes. Um, but we want to go before the throne of grace in prayer real quick. And then we're going to get into some words. So. If all hearts and minds are prepared, let us go before the throne. Father God, in the name of Jesus, we just thank you on this evening. We thank you at this hour. We thank you at this time. We thank you at this moment that you are God and that you, there is none like you. There is none that can compare to you. You are Alpha and Omega. You are our beginning and our end. So God, we thank you for being our Father, we thank you for being our provider. We thank you for being our peace, our joy, our happiness, our love, our contentment, our satisfaction. We thank you, God, for all that you've done in our lives, God. But none is more important than you giving us your son, Jesus Christ, as our Savior, as our Lord and Savior. So we thank you, God, that you allowed yourself to come out of heaven to step down into the earth in bodily form that you died, that you walked among men, that you died for our sins, that you died for us so that we might have life and have it more abundantly. But not only did you die for us, and not only did you take our sins upon your shoulders, but you also were resurrected from the dead with all authority and with all power. So we simply say thank you. We thank you that you were without sin, and your word declares that he who was without sin became sin for us, so we thank you. We thank you for all the provisions. We thank you for everything that you've done, God. And as God, as we begin to study your word on this evening, we ask you first and foremost to forgive us of our sins of today, sins in our minds, our thoughts, our deeds, and our actions, sins against your will, your purpose, and your plan. We ask you to cast those sins into the sea of forgiveness never to be remembered again. We ask you, God, right now just to touch us in a mighty way on this evening. Renew hearts, renew minds, renew spirits. Give us like minds with you, for your word declares that your ways are not our ways and your thoughts are not our thoughts. So align our thoughts up with your thoughts, God, on this evening. God, we just ask that you send hedges, angels of protection to surround our homes, to surround our houses, to surround our family members. God, we ask right now that you give comfort to those that have lost loved ones, that you give comfort to those that have gone through issues even in the beginning of this year. 
We ask God that you continue to be our God and our, our joy and our peace. You said there is a peace that surpasses all understanding, God. So God, we thank you for that peace. Now God, hide this your servant behind the cross so that your people will see none of me, but they will see all of thee. Lord, let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable in thy sight. O oh Lord, you are my strength and you are my redeemer. It is in your son Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen, amen. Do me a favor, pick up your Bibles, your cell phones, whatever you have, and repeat after me as we make our Bible declaration. Lord, I thank you that I have a Bible. It is my personal copy of God's purpose, God's plan, and God's design for my life. Therefore, I am a believer and not a doubter. I'm not just a hearer, but I'm also a doer. And my life has been better after hearing the word of the living God. Therefore, my mind is alert. My heart is receptive. I will not be distracted, but I will hear what thus saith the Lord. And as a result of what I hear today, I'm going to leave here better than I came. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Somebody do me a favor. Somebody text out. Somebody tweet out. Somebody declare it's word time. It's word time. I'm feeling good about this evening. I'm feeling good about what God is getting ready to do with us on this evening and moving forward as we continue uh, in this series designed to talk about encounters with Jesus. Amen. Encounters with Jesus. So about two weeks ago, I started this series. Well, actually, we're going into our third installment of it, but we're dealing with personal encounters with Jesus, not 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 your normal encounters, not um, just everyday things, but but really having an, a, an imper, a personal encounter with Jesus. Amen. Um, and, and dealing with this. So in our first week, we dealt with the uh, the man that was paralyzed and his friends lowered him into the house that Jesus was preaching in. Amen. Um, he lo they lowered him into the house and Jesus healed him and forgave him of his sins. And we saw that uh, that the Pharisees and the Sadducees were upset with that. Um, then not only that, did we all then we also uh, saw and dealt with um, uh, in week number two. Amen. We dealt with the man by the pool of Bethesda. Amen. And how he was there and how he needed to get down into the pool and 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 how uh, he was uh, concerned that nobody would help him down into the pool. And we saw how Jesus healed him. Um, and, and on this evening, I want to take a different approach uh, with what we're going to deal with on this evening. Amen. Uh, I, I know that we've been dealing with it from a standpoint of the people that Jesus healed. Um, but I need somebody to realize and understand this. We're going to get into scripture. We got scripture on this evening. We're going to get into scripture. But I need somebody to realize this, that we have to pay a price in order for us to inherit eternal life in the kingdom. Amen. In order for us to inherit eternal life in the kingdom, we have to pay a price. And not, and not only that, but we must relinquish all that we hold 
uh, close to us, all that we hold personal to us. And we have to get to a mindset and an understanding that we have to relinquish this in order to uh, receive more from God. Amen. Uh, we got to get into our mindset and our, and our thoughts. This is where we're trying to get at that the more I let go, the more God is going to bless me with. Not just talking, not talking about financial stuff, but just realizing that eternal salvation comes because I let go of myself. I let go of myself and I come to the understanding that I'm no longer in charge of my life. I don't run anything. It's not me that created certain things. It's not me that does all these things. But I serve a God who said he would never leave me nor forsake me. I serve a God that said he created me in his image and in his likeness. And in order to receive all that he has for me, receive the best for me, I got to let go of something. I got to let go of a lot. First of all, I got to let go of my own mindset of saying that I'm the best thing that, since sliced bread. I got to let go of my mindset. You have to let go of your mindset that you did it all by yourself, that, that nobody helped you out, that nobody was there for you, and nobody did anything for you, and God wasn't there. And 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 Because a lot of times when we're dealing with things of God or we're dealing with situations in life, we somehow come to a mindset that, that we're bigger than God. Amen? That, 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 we, that we do stuff better than what God can do, that God, that God doesn't always know our best plan or the best thing for our life. And a lot of times we miss the mark that God uh, understands us before we even understood ourselves. He said, I, I knew you before I even formed you in your mother's womb. I consecrated you. I called you a prophet to the nations. These are things that God said about each and every last one of us when he said, I'm, you were created fearfully and, wonder, uh, fearfully and wonderfully made in his image and in his likeness. When we understand what God is doing with us, then we can get to a mindset and an understanding that we have to relinquish some things. It's, God is not going to just uh, uh, force you to do it. It has to be of your own free will. Salvation is of your own free will. The gift of God is of your own free will. We have to do some things in order to receive it. And one of those things, like I said, is to relinquish all of what we hold so dear to us in, in order to receive what God has for us. Amen? And, and not only that, but I need you to get this, that when God reveals things we lack or hinder in, uh, when God reveals things, excuse me, uh, we lack or hinder our relationship with him. Amen? When God reveals things to us, we have a, we usually go through a mindset of thinking that we lack or our relationship is hindered with him. Uh, but we got to understand, but those moments and times where God is revealing ourself and revealing some things that need to change about us, that it's, an, it's a pivotal moment in our life. Amen? See, we got to realize that, that God is not just showing us for the sake of just showing us. God is not revealing what we what we hold on to more than anything just for the sake of saying having something to beat over our head. God reveals things to us in order so that we can realize what we have made idols in our life, what we have made personal uh, uh, personal issues in our life that we put above our relationship with God. Amen. Uh, what are some things in your life that you've made an idol in your life? 
Uh, yeah, idols are not just those statues that, that, that other religions worship. We can make shopping an idol. We can make our finances an idol. We can make other things, uh, the, the love of money an idol, the desire to chase after money. We can make that an idol. Um, we can make our own kids and our spouses idols before God. Amen. Yeah. Uh, and so now we got to realize that when God shows us these things and shows us these areas in our life, that there has to be a change that takes place. There has to be a revelation of understanding that it, that this is a pivotal moment in our life, in my life, in your life, where we have to say, you know what? God showed me this for a reason. What is it that it is hindering me with when it called with my relationship with him? Amen. Also, church can be an idol. Yeah, no, some a lot of people don't want to hear that. Church can be an idol. Yeah, God wants you to understand that you have other responsibilities. You have responsibility to your kids. You have responsibilities to your home. You have responsibilities to God. And, and, and hear what I just said, a responsibility to God. The church sometimes becomes that idol that keeps us from building the relationship with God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I ain't even got to scripture yet. But but there are things that, that, that we put in idle situations or on idle platforms or on pedestals in our life that separate us from what God wants us to do, that separates us from his love. Yeah, the church of Laodicea, he said, I have ought against you. I need you to return. This was the church, the, the body that, that was conformed underneath of the church of Laodicea. He said, my first love. You, I got to get you back to my first love. Yeah, you, you, you look good. You're hot. I mean, you look hot on the outside. But, 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 you, but you forgot about me. Yeah, too often the church can look good, uh, the church can dance well, the church can sing well, the church can do great programs. But the problem is, have they forgotten who God is? Amen. So, so uh, once again, like I said, we got to choose sacrifice and how to surrender to God. Sacrifice some things that we're doing, some things that, we're, that we've been dealing with. We got to learn how to sacrifice for the sake of God. Amen? I know the scripture teaches us obedience is better than sacrifice, but when you're obedient, it will cause sacrifice. Amen? Yeah, obedience causes sacrifice. Obedience causes you not to do what you want to do in order to please God with what you have to do. Amen? Amen. So we're going to look at scripture on this evening. If you open up your Bibles real quick to Mark, the 10th chapter, looking at the 17th through the 28th verse. Mark, the 10th chapter, looking at the 17th through the 28th verse. Once again, Mark, the 10th chapter. Mark is in the New Testament. Mark, the 10th chapter, looking at the 17th through the 28th verse. Amen. So, so it's a very, I'm going to give you the backdrop real quick, and then we're going to get into the scripture. It's a very familiar text. And I know I constantly say that just about every week because in the process of training you and teaching you and developing you, I want to use things that you may have had a uh, opportunity to hear before. Amen. Uh, that you may have had an opportunity to, uh, to, 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 even if you heard it in passing, you may have heard somebody tell you about this story. And, and when they told you about the story, it may have intrigued you because a lot of times with this story, people have questions. Um, 
And in this story that we're getting ready to deal with right now, we find Jesus uh, uh, walking and Jesus was going and he was going about his business. And I'm going to pick it up in the 17th verse and reading from the New King James Version. Amen. The New King James Version. Somebody put that in our message in, in, in the inbox or in the message box um, on one of our platforms. Amen. Put that down there for me. Um, once again, Mark the 10th chapter, looking at the 17th verse. And it says this. Amen. Um, it, it says this. Now, as he was going out on the road, one came running, knelt before him and asked him, good teacher, what shall I do that I may inherit, inherit eternal life? Jesus said to him, for this is verse number uh, 18, why, first of all, Jesus first said, why do you call me good? No one is good but one, and that is God. It says, you know the commandments. Do not commit adultery. Do not murder. Do not steal. Do not bear false witness. Do not defraud. Honor your father and your mother. And he answered and said to him, teacher, all these things I have kept from my youth. Verse number 21 says this, then Jesus looking at him, loved him and said to him, one thing you lack, go your way, sell whatever you have and give it to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven and come take up the cross and follow me. Verse number 22 says this, but he was sad at this word, and went away sorrowfully, for he had great possessions. Amen? It goes on and says this, Then Jesus looked around and said to his disciples, How hard is it for those who have riches to enter into the kingdom of God? When Jesus said that, he was saying that with, with, with a lot of passion. I, I just believe he was saying that with a lot of passion. How hard is it, y'all? For those who have riches to enter into the kingdom of God. And the disciples were astonished at his works. But Jesus answered again and said to them, Children, how hard is it for those who trust in riches to enter into the kingdom of God? It's like Jesus was, he was upset because the young rich man had already said everything. The young rich man was like, God, I'm, I mean, Jesus, I'm doing all of this stuff. I, I'm, I'm good to my parents. I honor my parents. I'm, 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 I feed the poor. I feed the homeless. And what Jesus told him was where we going to spend some time at on tonight. Verse number 25 said this, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. Verse number 20, uh, 28 says this, excuse me, 26, I don't have my glasses tonight, y'all. And they were greatly astonished, saying, among themselves, who can be saved? Verse number 27 says, but Jesus looked at them and said, with man, guess what? It is impossible, but with God, excuse me, but with God, for with, but not with God, excuse me, for with God, all things are possible. 
And verse number 28 says this, Then Peter began to say to him, See, we have left all and followed you. Amen. 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 So we're going to hold right there for a second. Now, now dealing with scripture and dealing with this and dealing with this thought and this this opportunity. Um, um, the first thing that, that that I want to deal with is the man's assumption about how one inherits eternal life, one, how one inherits eternal life. What was the rich man's assumption? What, what, what did the rich man think? That, that he only had to do to inherit eternal life. Because in the beginning, the rich man was happy. The rich man was happy. He was like, yeah, I do all of that, Jesus. I'm, I'm, I'm good. I'm, I'm in this place where, yeah, like I said, I, I give to my family. I, I, I honor my father and my mother. I honor all these things. I, I do all of that. So that means I can get in with you. I, I, can, I, I can come along, and, and I'm going to the kingdom of God. I'm going to the kingdom of heaven. I'm going to do all of this. And, and a lot of times we see in this world, because people have status, because people have money, because people have position, because people have accolades, they simply think that what they do for people will make them, uh, will get them into heaven. You constantly hear people say this thing, that I can be a good person. Why do I need Christ? Why do I got to give my life to God? I'm good to people. I donate to charity. I treat people the right way. I do all of this. So why am I not getting into heaven? Why, why would you say that I'm not going to heaven? I'm, I do a lot more for people than what those Christians do. I do a lot more for, I do, I'm a philanthropist. I, I, I feed the homeless. I, I take my time out and sacrifice for all of this, but uh, but Jesus really dealt with this in this scripture, and Jesus was not a proponent for you to not to have wealth. Jesus was not a proponent for you to 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 be poor and to be a beggar or live in poverty. But Jesus said that thing that you put before me, I need you to deal with. That thing that you hold in such a high regard, that thing that you've made an idol in your life, I need you to take that and sacrifice it. I need you to take that and lay it down give it away and take up your cross and follow me and it's amazing that Jesus even told him to take up a cross and follow him when the son of God had not even gone to the cross yet but he understood what the meaning of the cross was he understood that the cross was heavy. The cross was a sacrifice. The cross was something that, that nobody wanted to endure but in order to draw closer to God, in order to draw closer in your relationship with Christ, we have to be willing to say, I'm willing to put down what makes me comfortable. I'm willing to put down what I got so much joy in, and I'm really ready to go through a little adversity for the sake of my Savior. Why? Because our Savior is the one who was nailed to a cross, who died for our behalf, who died for our sins when he had never Never done anything wrong. Amen. He stepped out of his comfort zone. Yeah, let's deal with that. Jesus Christ, the in in, in the in the, the the godly form, stepped out of heaven, stepped out of grace, 
stepped out of mercy, stepped off of the throne of God, stepped out of uh, in, in relationship and 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 being in a place where he had not, he didn't have to worry about being spit on, where he didn't have to worry about being beat. He stepped out of heaven to come down and sacrifice himself so that we can be free. Yeah, he 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 picked up his cross the moment he was he went into the womb of Mary. Because when he went into the womb of Mary, that meant that he grew that he was coming into the earth to experience as man. Yeah. So 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 we see this and, and, and we have to understand that the rich man's assumption uh, that to inherit the kingdom of God was that all he had to do was be a good person. Yeah. Yeah, uh, uh, so, so I really want you to, to, to take hold of that and ask yourself and compare your life. Are you simply just trying to be a good person and make it? Or are you trying to have a relationship that's going to cause you to develop what the righteousness, to develop holiness, to develop a godly relationship? Are you willing to lay down, uh, lay down your riches and take up your cross and follow him? Are you willing to do that? See, we're, we're also going to look at Mark 10 and the uh, 15th chapter. Real quick, Mark 10 and the 15th chapter. Uh, Mark 10 and the 15th verse, excuse me. This is something that happened right before this incident with Jesus, with the man. Get this. It says this. So, so bounce back to the 15th verse. Same chapter, Mark 10, 15th verse. Assuredly, I say to you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God as a little child will by no means enter it. Yeah. When Jesus said that, and then the rich man came, how, what, what, what is the difference between what Jesus said there and then what Jesus said to the rich man? Again, it says, assuredly, I say to you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God as a little child will, be, will by no means enter it. What was Jesus saying? One thing about children is that they operate with the innocence. They don't care about what they have. They care about being happy. A child cares about what makes them, what, 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 what is right. A child will, will, will drop everything they have. Yeah, you ever seen your, child, your, your children where you can buy them gift after gift after gift after gift? And the smallest little thing that somebody else gives them will make, it, make them happier than everything that you've already given them. Yeah, I remember when I was little and, and, and I could have video games. I could have all these wonderful things. But there, got, there was those moments where a yo-yo made me happier than everything else. Yeah, that, that, that brand new shiny action figure was made me happier than everything else. A child has an innocence that says, I don't have to take everything else with me to be happy. 
A child can be happy simply by being in the presence of someone they love. Yeah, it doesn't matter about what you buy that child. That child, if that child is in the presence of someone they love, they're happy and just fine. Yeah, somebody missed what I just said. The rich man, as compared to the child, was happy with his possessions. How do we know? Because he says what? The Bible says that he turned and walked away sad because he was rich. He was sad because Jesus told him he had to get rid of what made him wealthy. A child, in contrast, will drop all the stuff that you buy for them simply to spend time with you and be happy. Yeah. If, if our faith operated in that manner, amen? Listen, if our faith operated that, in a way that said, God, I don't you ain't got to bless me with another thing. God, I'll let go of all the stuff that I've accumulated. God, I'll let go of the car. God, I'll let go of the house. God, I'll let go of the jewels. God, I'll let go of everything that I've accumulated if I can simply be in your presence. Yeah, yeah, who am I talking to right now? Yeah, you, uh, too often do we assimilate blessings with possession. Yeah, my, the greatest blessing for me is to be in the presence of my Savior, to have communion with him, to talk to him, to be able to hear clearly from him. Have you ever been in a place where you have not heard, where, where you get to a place where in your spiritual walk, where you feel like you're not hearing from God and it makes you feel sad, it makes you feel bad, it makes you feel like you're missing something, something that money can't feel, something that people can't feel, something that possessions can't feel. Some, you get to a place where you're saying, God, I simply want to hear from you. I simply want to hear that my daddy loves me. I simply want to hear that I'm your child and that you still remember me. I simply want to hear that I'm that, that I've been fearfully and wonderfully made in your image. I simply want to know that even though I messed up, you're still there with me. I simply want to know that even while I'm going through that you're looking out for me that you love me like never before no my money can't give me that sense of satisfaction my money can't fill that void in my life I want to get to a place of living like this child that will get rid of everything simply to follow the one that loves me somebody say I've got to follow the one that loves me I got to follow the one that loves me. That's what the, the compare and contrast is between that child and that rich man. Amen. Uh, I, I'm moving along. And so we can get to where I'm trying to get to on this on, on this evening. Get this. What point is Jesus trying to make by responding to how the man addressed him as good teacher? Yeah, if you go back to that scripture and, and we look at it at the very beginning, when the man came upon Jesus, he said to him, now as he was, the scripture says this in verse number 17, now as he was going out on the road, one came running, knelt before him and asked him, good teacher, good teacher, what shall I do that I may inherit eternal life? And Jesus' response was, was some kind, some was peculiar and 
that's the word that I want to use, was peculiar. Because normally, if I, I just believe that if somebody called Jesus good teacher, Jesus wouldn't question him, wouldn't question that person, why did you call me good teacher? Yeah, that, that seems like an a, 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 a honorable thing for somebody to say to, to say to Jesus Christ. But Jesus said this. So Jesus said to him, why do you call me good? No one is good but one that is God. Was Jesus saying that, that he wasn't God? No, Jesus wasn't saying that. Jesus wanted to know why the man automatically assumed that he was so good. Yeah, he may have heard the stories about Jesus. He may have heard the accolades about Jesus. He may have heard everything that was going on with Jesus. But does that necessarily mean that Jesus was good? No, 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 no. If you want to be real, when the, man, when the rich man got to this place of asking Jesus, he held him in high regard. But Jesus wanted to identify with him to make sure he knew who he was in the presence of. Yeah, you, you, it, it, so if you're in the presence of God, if you're saying good teacher and you don't realize that there is no one good but God, yeah, 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 somebody just missed that. So when you say it, yeah, I, 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 God has just given me revelation about that whole thing right there. So if the, the rich man said good teacher and Jesus responded, no one is good but God, so now he's giving him the understanding that who he is before is God. Yeah. So now if he's God, then we have to realize that as God, he has to obey what, what God said. Yeah. Who, 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 missing, who missed that right there? If he has to obey what God said because good, there's no one good except God. Then if he has to obey that, then he has to realize that whatever Jesus was saying was a commandment by God. So in order for him to get eternal life, and be a kingdom citizen because that's our ultimate goal. That means the words that Jesus said to him was, were, were, were not up for debate, but that, that's what had to happen. That's what had to take place. That's what had, it had to become. So when Jesus said, no, uh, uh, why do you call me good? And that it's, oh, it's one, I'm sorry, because uh, like I said, I don't have my glasses tonight. No one is good but one, that is God. So now we see that Jesus is establishing his deity right there before the man, and the man missed it. Because the man automatically assumed that Jesus was telling him something in order for him to get to God instead of understanding that at that moment he was in the presence of God and what God was saying was relevant to him right then and right now. Too often times do we miss the mark because we believe when we hear a word from God that it's up for debate, it's up for uh, it's up to, 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 to bring before other people and ask other people about what is it that we think is to be said instead of obeying what God said. 
Yeah, too often you're missing the mark of your relationship with God because you're more concerned with how other people interpret what God is speaking to you. And if you had more of a consistent word life, more of a consistent prayer life, more of a consistent relational life, worship life, then you would understand that when God speaks to you, he's speaking directly to you in order to get you into a place so that your relationship with him can be stronger. Amen. So now let, let, let's 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 go. Um, um, um. Jesus quizzes the man on only a partial list of the Ten Commandments. We can already jump, we, we can already jump a little bit deeper in Scripture. I told you that I got plenty of Scripture for you on this evening. Um, and, and, and so I need you to, to, to jump over to Exodus 20. Because it's amazing because in this Scripture, Jesus only talked to the man about, uh, a, a, about a certain portion of the Scripture. And, and, and we're going to look at why, uh, excuse me, yeah. Okay, so Exodus 20, jump over to Exodus 20. I, I, I'm in teaching mode tonight, y'all. I, 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 I know that, that it may seem like that, but I'm, I'm teaching this thing tonight. Exodus 20, Exodus 20, amen? Exodus 20, and it, it, it's... Exodus is the second book of the Bible. Amen. Amen. And it says this, And God spoke all these words, saying, I am the Lord your God, who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. That right there should be enough for you to obey everything that God said. That, that right there should be enough for you to obey everything that God said. You shall have no other God before me. The, the, this is when... Uh, when, when Moses had went and received the Ten Commandments from God, and it says, you shall have no other God before me. You shall not make for yourself a carved image, any likeness of anything that is in heaven above or that is in the earth beneath or, or that is in the water under the earth. You shall not bow down to them nor serve them. For I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God visiting the iniquities of the fathers upon the children to the third and fourth generation of those who hate me. But showing mercy to, the, to thousands, to those who love me and keep my commandments. You should not take the Lord, the Lord, you should not take the name of the Lord your God in vain. For the Lord is not, the Lord will not hold him guiltless who takes his name in vain. Yes, the next one. Remember the Sabbath to keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work. But the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord your God. In it you shall do no work. You, nor your son, nor your daughters, nor your male servants, nor your female servants, nor your cattle, nor your stranger who is with you, within your gates. For in the six days the Lord made the heaven and the earth, the sea, and all that is in them, and rested the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath, and the Sabbath day and hallowed it. Uh, verse number 12 says, Honor your father and your mother, that, you, that your days may be long upon Upon the land which the Lord God is giving you. In verse number 13, you should not murder. You should not commit adultery. You should not steal. You should not bear false witness against your neighbor. You should not covet your neighbor's house. You should not covet your neighbor's wife, nor his male servant, nor his female servant, nor his ox, nor his donkey, nor anything that is your neighbor's. Amen. Uh, 
And so now if we see this and we understand this um, and, and realize that, that in the beginning part of this text that we see with Jesus where he was talking to the man, he gave him certain things. He gave him those things that, that he was doing. You should not cover your neighbor's wife. You should honor your father and your mother. You should not murder. You should not steal. You should not commit adultery. And so we see him giving those things that, that, that a lot of times in the flesh that people struggle with. People struggle with jealousy. People struggle with adultery. People struggle with fornication. People struggle struggle with coveting thy neighbor's wife. Amen. And, and, and in these places, he dealt with certain sins that, that he was telling him that, that you should not do, but you should live and honor the commandments by which was laid before you. And he knew that the man was okay with those things because those things did not require him giving up something of his because he was one of high standard. He was one that was rich. The Bible says that a rich man came a young rich man came to Jesus. So in that moment, Jesus knew that this man, the, the man did not have uh, issues with um, coveting his neighbor's possessions. Amen. Because he already had his own possessions. Uh, he probably was already taking care of his mother and his father. He was already honoring them. He was already doing these things that, 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 uh, that the that the Ten Commandments specify. He was doing great at these things. He was living a life that was pleasing if you just simply want to be a good person. And so that's what I'm trying to help you understand, that it's not just about dealing with or being a good person, but to be a child of God, you have to go deeper. Somebody declare, I got to go deeper. I got to go deeper. So, in Exodus 20, um, get this, ask yourself this, how well might the man have performed on one of those things relating directly to God? How well would the man have performed? If he was standing before God, he'd probably say, yeah, God, I'm, I'm good. I'll covet my neighbor. Yeah, I got too much. Because, you know, we get boastful. The reason we don't covet stuff is because we know what we have. Yeah. The reason that we can honor our father and our mothers because our, honor, our father and our mothers are good to us. Yeah, I'm, I, I, somebody might need to hear that. Can you honor your father and your mother when they're not good to you? Yeah. Does honor mean that you have to do everything for them? No. Does honor mean that you have to agree with everything with them? No. But to honor them, that means they hold a place of reverence in your life. And not let me just say father and mother, but that person who raised you, that person that nurtured you, that person that took care of you. There has to be a place of honor for them in your life. Amen. So if, if, if he had to stand before God, which he was standing before Christ at that moment, and, and he, he got, what, what did he say? He said, I do all these things. Yeah, I'm, 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 so I'm good, right, Jesus? <laughs> How many times have we said that? I'm good, right, Jesus? Yeah. Not, don't, Jesus, don't worry about the person that I cursed out last night. I'm good because I do all these other things. Don't worry about these other things in my life that I struggle with, that I deal with, that I've never really given you full dominion over my life. I've never given you full authority over my life. I've never given you full access to my life. 
yeah, we, 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 we got to deal with that. Because a lot of times we, we only give God access to things that we feel God should have access to. But a lot of us have sins that we don't want to give God access to because we enjoy the sin. We enjoy what it produces. We enjoy what it does. We enjoy the effects of the sin. So we won't give those sins to God. We only give God the sins that cause us hurt and anguish and turmoil. And the sins that we no longer can control with our own hand. But today I need you to realize that it's time to give God all of you. Not, not just this small portion, but all of you. Not just, not just what you do with your hands, but what's inside your heart. Not just what's inside your heart, but what's inside your mind. Not what's just inside your mind, but what's inside your, 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 your deepest, darkest emotions. Not just your emotions, but that spirit man. Not just the spirit man, but that person that feels like they have to be promiscuous. Not just that person that's promiscuous, but that person who feels like they have to be an alcoholic. Not that person who's just an alcoholic, but that person who feels like he has to smoke and drink and, and curse and, 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 and be a womanizer. Or, or that woman that feels like she has to be abusive or she has to be hardcore or she cannot love and be compassionate to others. These are the, these are the things that we have to give to God in order for God to say, here, I can heal you of it. Because you gave it to me, now we can take up this cross and I can help you care this cross and I can help you bring this cross because I'm not going to leave you alone. I'm not going to leave you by yourself, but I need you to be willing to sacrifice those rich things in your life. Yeah, how many people realize that sin can be rich in our life? Yes, yeah, sins can be rich in our life. The Bible said for the wages of sin is death, but there are wages that are paid for the sins that we do. And some people look at it and say, Satan pays well. Yeah, but you got to realize on the back end of that, which you are bounding or, or allowing to be yoked to you with each sin that you commit. You got to realize what demons you allow into your life, which each sin you commit. You got to realize uh, what, what, what it, what, when you commit a sin, just because God does not uh, strike you down right there at that moment does not mean that God is not dis is not uh, uh, displeased with you, or upset with you, or angry with you. We gotta realize that we gotta bring these things to God. Amen. Amen. I, 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 I'm 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 trying to make it through this thing on this evening. Ask yourself this: Why does Jesus command the way that he does in verse number 21? In verse number 21. Why does Jesus command the man the way that he does in verse number 21? And then we're going to look at Mark 8 and 34. Verse number 21. It says this. Mark the 10th chapter, verse number 21. And I'm bouncing back and forth in the Bible with you as well. Mark the 10th chapter, verse number 21. And it said, then Jesus, looking at him, loved him and said to him, one thing you what? Lack. One thing you lack. Go your way. Sell whatever you have and give to the poor. 
and you will have treasure in heaven. And come take up the cross and follow me. Now jump over to Mark, the 8th chapter, looking at the 34th verse. Mark, the 8th chapter, looking at the 34th verse. And the, the Bible says this, when he had called the people to himself with his disciples, he said to them, whoever desires to come after me, let him what? Deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. So in both these texts, we see a moment where Jesus is telling them that you have to give up you and who you feel like you are in order to be with me. He said in verse number eight, he said, I mean, in verse number 34, whoever desires to what? Come after me. Let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. Then jump back over to verse number 10. And what did verse number 10 say in the 21st? I mean, verse in chapter 10, the 21st verse, he said what? One thing you lack. Go your way, sell whatever you have, and give to the poor, and you will have a treasure in heaven. And what? And come, take up the cross and follow me. Yeah, Jesus at this moment was really talking about the sacrifice of understanding your relationship and what your relationship with God is truly about. It's not, again, about your possessions. You can have all the possessions in the world, but go to hell. You can have all the cars in the world, but go to hell. You can shout all you want, but go to hell. You can do all the things that, that, that church folk do and still go to hell. You can be this great person in the earth. Everybody can talk about you. You can have an outstanding legacy, but without Christ, without following Christ, without coming after Christ, without giving up of yourself and taking up your cross, taking up that heavy thing that's uncomfortable, that thing that resembles Christ's behavior, Christ's life in the earth, with that thing, that cross, that, that is the example of all of your sin. Take it up and follow me. Bring your sins to me because as you draw closer to me, I'm going to cleanse you of your unrighteousness. As you draw closer to me, I'm going to cleanse you of your unholiness. As you draw closer to me, I'm developing you as a kingdom citizen. As you draw closer to me and stop worrying about what the world tells you gives you accolades or what the world tells you gives you status, drop all of that off and follow me. He said, because the, the riches that you're going to receive from my father when you get to heaven far outweigh whatever possessions you can get while you're here on the earth. Yes, it's nice to have nice stuff. Yes, it's nice to have a wonderful life. Yes, it's nice to have seven zeros behind whatever number in your bank account. Yes, all of that is great, but without a relationship with God, without a real understanding of what Jesus has called you to be in the earth, without a real understanding that you're to be yoked with Christ instead of with your money, and without the understanding that you're to be yoked with him instead of your relationship, to understand that you yoke yourself with God in order to produce the things that God has for you. Stop thinking that you can produce it yourself. Because God said, take, Jesus said, take up your cross and what? Follow me.
follow me. Ask yourself this. What does the man's response reveal which had been hidden by his good works? What did the man's response reveal that was not that, that, that was hidden and masked behind all the great stuff that he's done? Could it be that he felt worthless without his possessions? Could that be the, the reason he did all the good stuff he did? Was because of what he possessed? What do you do for the kingdom of God when you don't have anything? Let me ask you this. What do, are you able to tell somebody about Jesus Christ when you're going through the worst season of your life? Or do you have to be in a perfect position in order to share the gospel with somebody else? Have you ever been in that place where you're crying and tears are pouring down out of your eyes? You don't know which way you're going, but you're still able to say, God, I know you love me. Or, or are you like the rich man that everything has to be perfect and when if I sacrifice my perfection, then I can't draw closer to you? A lot of people feel that way, that if I sacrifice what I feel perfects me. If it, it, women, are you able to take that cloth and wipe off all the makeup, all the eyeshadow, all the lipstick, all the blush, all the foundation, and walk out your house? And still feel beautiful? Or do you hide behind the mask of the makeup that you put on? Is that your riches? Who am I talking to? Has that become your riches? Has your clothes become your riches? Man, has your accolades and your profession and your job and your paycheck, have they become your riches that if you lost all of that, could you still wake up in the morning and walk out your door and say, you know what, God, I believe that you still love me. God, I believe that you still have a purpose and a destiny for me. God, I may have lost it all, but I'm still following you. God, I may not be everything that I once was, but I'm still chasing after you. God, people don't, may, may have walked away from me. I'm not worried about the social status. I'm not worried about the social media status, but I'm still willing to follow you, God. I'm not worried about who, pastors, are you willing to say, I'm not worried about who walks through the doors of my church. It's amazing right now that we're in a place right now where we can't worry about hundreds walking through the door of the church. So we can't even worry about one walking through the door of the church, but are you willing to get up and still preach the gospel no matter who's sitting in your church? Are you still willing to say, God, 
God without anybody. I'll preach this thing to myself, God, because if anybody needs it, it's me, God. If anybody deserves the word, God, it's me because I'm your child, because I love you enough, and I'm taking up my cross, and I'm following you. Are you willing to say that about your child when your child is going through every ounce of hell in their life, and you're still willing to say, that's my child, and I'm going to continue to pray for her. I'm going to continue to pray for him. I'm going to continue to lift them up. I'm going to continue to present them before the throne of God. Are you willing to say that while they're in the midst of their worst moment in their life, when they've stolen from you, when they've taken from you, when they've cursed you out, when they told you to go somewhere, are you still able to get down and say, God, that's the seed you gave me to bring forth into this world, and I'm going to, uh, I'm I, no matter what they're doing, I'm still going to bring them before your throne right now because you're a healer. You're a deliverer. I'm taking up my cross. I'm letting go of my riches. I'm letting go of what everybody else thinks about me. I'm letting go of what everybody perceives my good home to look like. And I'm taking up my cross and I'm following you, God. Are you in that place where you can say that thing right there? I'm, I'm not going to get through all of this tonight, so we're going to come back to this next week. But let me ask you this. When the disciples responded to Jesus in this text in the 10th chapter, I believe it's around the, I want to say the 25th verse. Around the 25th, or around, let me, let me see. I told you I'm, 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 I'm looking through mine just like you. The 23rd verse, it says this. Then Jesus looked around and said to his disciples, how hard is it for those who have riches to enter the kingdom of God? It wasn't, Jesus didn't pose a question. He was making a statement. He was like, how hard is it, John? How hard is it for, for the rich to enter into the kingdom of God? The Bible says in verse number 24, and the disciples were astonished at his words. But Jesus answered again and said to them, children, how hard is it for those who trust in riches to enter into the kingdom of God? He said it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for, the, for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. Now, now theologians and, and once the study of this, you, you would normally think that this was a, a very hard task. This was an impossible task. Where he said it is easier for a camel to go through and through the eye of a needle. But if you study out uh, uh, the history and the the landscape of Jerusalem and Israel back in that day, there was a straight way that 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 they that they were talking about that you had to have almost a perfectly shaped camel to fit through this way. And when they when when this camel went through there, it could not get this. It could not take luggage with it. 
Yeah, because most times when camels went through or when you had a camel, you took the camel so that it could carry your luggage and it could carry you. But at this moment, when the camel went through the eye of the straight of the needle, guess what? You had to remove everything from the camel in order for the camel to get through what was called the needle's eye. Yeah, it's the same way with us in the kingdom of God. You have to remove the baggage. Is your riches your baggage? Is your life your baggage? Is your children your baggage? In order for you to go through the eye of a needle, you got to be able to let go of the thing that you hold on tight to, this thing that you have continued to carry with you, this thing that you have continued to use and walk with and said, I can't do without because on a journey, they put everything they needed on the camel because the camel was sturdy. The camel carried things. The camel was heavy enough. The camel produced and the camel could go on long journeys. But in order for the camel to get through this particular place where on the other side of it was a land flowing, where on the other side of it was a nice, wonderful city. On the other side of this needle, this, this eye of a needle, on the other side of it is where plenty of people wanted to get to. So in order to get through there with your camel and to continue on on your journey, you had to remove the stuff that your camel was carrying. Somebody missed what I just said. And with your relationship with God, with your, with your understanding and your love of God, you got to be willing to let go of all of your baggage, let go of everything that you've carried to this point, everything that you thought you couldn't do without. You got to be willing to drop it all off, sell it all off, give it away, give it to somebody. And I'm not talking about your physical possessions solely. I'm talking about your spiritual man. I'm talking about your emotional man. All the baggage that you picked up from the bad relationships, all the baggage you picked up from what they did to you as a child, all the baggage that you picked up from who left you, all the baggage that you picked up from what the, the job that you never, that you missed out on, all the baggage that you picked up on the house that you bought that you can't maintain the mortgage on, all the baggage that you picked up on having the car that you can't afford the car note to, all the baggage that you picked up with it throughout your life. He said, are you willing to get rid of your riches give it to the poor take up your cross and follow me this encounter with Jesus was not like Jesus healing the other ones the other ones were already poor the other ones were already in a place where they had nothing and they were searching for the master. But this moment and this time, we see Jesus dealing with somebody who had what they felt like was everything they needed in this world. And the stuff that they had produced the good heart that they operated with. My question to you on this evening as we close out is can you operate? Can you give it all away and still operate with a good heart? How, how can you do this? What is it that, that you have to realize in your life that you've been holding on to? What is it that you've been struggling with and you're like, Pastor Thomas, you know, I want a deeper relationship with God. 
I want a deeper relationship with him. But you know, my life is filled with so much, so many situations. It's filled with so much going on that it's not easy for me to let go. My question to you right now is this. What has to happen in your life for you to realize that all of that stuff is nice, but your eternal salvation is more important? I know we are in a microwave generation. I know we are in a generation where we like to see tangible things. We like to see watches. We like to see the benefits of what we pay for when we go to a store we, we, we buy stuff and we want the merchandise right then but let me ask you this what are you willing to sacrifice in order so that your soul has an eternal resting place that's in the presence of God at this moment where Jesus was talking to the rich man and then his disciples and he made that statement the Bible says this in verse number 26 and they were greatly astonished saying among themselves who then can be saved and Jesus looked at them and said with men, it's impossible. He said, with men, it's impossible. With men, it's impossible. Men cannot save you. A man will not save you. He said, but not with God, because guess what? For with God, all things are possible. And then it says, then Peter began to say to him, see, we have left all and followed you. Verse number 29 says this, and I'm done. And so Jesus answered and said, assuredly, I say to you, there is no one who has left house or brothers or sisters or fathers or mothers or wife or children or land for my sake and the gospel who shall not receive a hundredfold now in this time houses and brothers and sisters and mothers and children and land with persecution and in the age to come eternal life but many who are first will be last and the last first he said, all those who have given up all of that stuff, trust me. You shall receive a hundredfold. And we don't do this just because we want a tangible. But God said, when you, when you rely on me, when you, when you give up the world and, and submit yourself to me, please believe that everything that I can do for you produces a hundredfold of everything that you think you lost. What have you lost in your life? Or what are you not willing to let go in your life that God is saying, I'm waiting for you. I'm simply waiting for you. All hearts and minds are, 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 
full, excuse me. Yeah, I want you to think of some things that you have yet to give over to God, that God has been asking you for. He's saying, get rid of it. Take up your cross and follow me. You know your issues. You know what you struggle with. You know what you hold on to. You know why you hold it on to. But are you ready at this moment to say, God, I'm willing to let it all go so I can take up my cross and follow you? Let us pray. Matter of fact, while we're praying, I want you to write some things down for me. Write down the top five things that you have an issue with struggling and holding on to and you have not let it go. That's hindering your relationship with God. Write those things down. Father God, in the name of Jesus, we thank you, God, for this time. We thank you, God, for this moment. We thank you, God, for this opportunity to draw closer in your word. Now, God, you already laid out the pathway for us. You laid out the directions. You've given us the GPS coordinates to get to you. Just as Jesus told the rich man, it's great and I love you that you do all of these wonderful things. But are you willing to give up your riches and take up your cross and follow me? So God, on this evening, whoever has been struggling with and holding on to their riches, yes, they're a good person. Yes, they've been doing wonderful things, but they've been holding on to riches. And riches are not just financial things, God. Riches are, we know, God, that riches are those things that we delight ourselves in, that bring us joy, that bring us a, a, a sense of worth, that separates us from you and separates us from truly drawing closer to you. We ask, God, right now that you deliver us from us, from those things, God. For every person that wants to be delivered from it right now in the name of Jesus, as they write those things out, God, God, I'm asking you right now to release your provisions right now so that there can be deliverance and healing. There can be a set free spirit from those things right now in the name of Jesus. That we can draw closer to you, that we can pick up our cross and we can follow you. That you can break the yoke off of our neck that's attached us to these things, God. And that we can take Jesus' yoke upon us. For his word declares, for his yoke is easy and his burden is light. So God, we honor you right now. We thank you, God, in advance for what you're doing, for what you've done and who you've been. Now, God, release the provisions right now across the airways, across this sanctuary, across every home right now so that people can be met right now in the place that they're at. Holy Spirit, release your fire, release your purpose, release your plan, release yourself as the comforter into their lives right now in the name of Jesus. God, deliver those that are broken. Deliver those that are hurt. Deliver those that are uh, that are falling by the wayside. Deliver those that are operating in sin right now in the name of Jesus. 
We give you glory, we give you honor, and we give you praise. It is in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. If you're not saved, this is the perfect opportunity. The Bible says if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus Christ is Lord, then you shall be saved. So we want to offer you the opportunity of being saved. If you're online right now and, 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 and you have not given your life to Christ, the Bible said if you confess with your mouth, that's simply saying, Lord, I'm a sinner. I've messed up. I've made mistakes. But at this moment, at this time, Lord, I want to surrender my life to you. I not only believe that you are the son of the living God, but I believe that you died for my sins. I believe not only that you died for my sins, but I believe that you were raised from the dead. I believe that you have defeated Satan. I believe that you have the key, the keys to death, hell, and the grave in your hand. And I believe that my life can be better with you. And I receive you as my Lord and Savior. Come into my heart and come into my life. In Jesus' name, amen. And just that fast, you are saved. If you believe it in your if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart, you are saved. My challenge to you is to get with the Bible-believing church. If you, if you need someone to walk with you, if you need a ministry to walk with you, right now on the bottom of your screen, you see our, uh, you see our text number that, that's at the bottom of the screen. If you text that number right now and text that number either prayer or new, then somebody will reach out to you. We will connect with you. We will walk this journey with you. You are not by yourself. We want you to know and we want to welcome you to the body of Christ. If you simply need prayer for something, text that number right now and we will get back in contact with you. We will be in prayer for you. You can text your prayer information and we will be praying for you. Our intercessors will be praying for you immediately. We, we want to make sure that you know that you have people in your corner that are a part of the body of Christ. As I leave you on this evening, I want to challenge you to, uh, to, to, to make sure that you continue studying. And I'm going to do this right now because I want you to be prepared for next week. Next week for Bible study, we're going to be looking at Luke, the seventh chapter, looking at the 11th through the 17th verse. Luke, the seventh chapter, looking at the 11th through the 17th verse. Tune in. I, I generally don't like to give out my Bible studies ahead of time, but I'm going to start doing that because I want y'all to be prepared. Next week, we're going to be talking from this thing, from this topic. We're still dealing with encounters with Jesus, but from the topic, life isn't fair. Life isn't fair. Amen? Amen. Amen. So, Father God, we thank you for this time. We thank you for this opportunity. We ask, God, that you speak to our heart and speak to our mind. And as we leave here, God, we ask that you send angels before us to prepare our homes, that you send angels into the homes of those that we're listening right now, God, and meet their needs, meet them at the place that they are. And, God, we give you glory, we give you honor, and we give you praise. Now unto him that is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we can ask or think, according to the power that works in us, the most wise God, the power, dominion, and authority forever. In Jesus' name we pray. And as we leave here, live on purpose, live for purpose, but most importantly, live in God's purpose. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Amen. Let's give God a hand clap of praise.